It's showtime. Showtime. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the Sultans of Smoke Cigar Cast. Drew, Mo, Cal. Yo. Danny. Aki. The whole gang. And uh, Danny, you've got a uh, guest you want to introduce for us tonight? Sure. Of course. Uh, this is a guy that uh, did a lot for me uh, when I was coming into the industry. And uh, I'm just, I'm proud every time I see a... Uh, a post or a new account or, you know, things going really, really well for them. Uh, it is Juan Cancel Dancel from uh, Cubariqueño Cigars, uh, the protocol cigar you guys probably know a little better. Uh, Juan is on with us um, up at a late hour for us. And uh, welcome, bro. Thank it's you for coming. honor to be on. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, man. So, uh, so Juan, this is the uh, Sons of Smoke that I just kind of uh, never left. I, I like that, I like that <laughs> kind of joke. <laughs> they, they haven't they haven't figured out how to get me off of the Skype call, so I just so I know when they record. On for I, the last seven months, it's the longest the, running Skype like, call ever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. So. Uh, I know you guys. I I know I know Juan and Bill and Kevin uh, fairly fairly well. I mean, do you guys have, you know, kind of, you know what we were talking about? Not really wanting to get back into the origin story, but I mean, is there stuff you guys don't you know necessarily, or do you do necessarily want to know you know right away yeah. about about them? So yeah, you guys yeah, I got. It. You know, I've always wondered one. This is Mo. Uh, How you doing, Mo? Good you know, brother. Mo owns Patina cigars, right? Yes, yes. Uh, I believe we met. Uh, yes. I'm trying to think. Some somewhere. IPCPR. In IPCPR. Can yeah, you yeah. I saw your handsome face at the bar, and yeah, that's yeah. where I'm usually at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either so, making old fashions or drinking them. That's right. Yes. Uh, yes, I do. I, I've seen some of your uh, your exploits behind the bar. You, uh, I think you were at Big House Tobacco Outlet or something like yes. that, and you were making your own. Uh, so, I um, was, I was actually, a, we had an event at famous smoke shop and it was the fat ash bash. I don't know if you guys ever heard of the fat ash group, but it's a, yeah. mm-hmm. the Facebook group and, uh, they do a yearly, uh, event. It's called the fat ash bash. Uh, this year it was in January 19th and I happened to be there and somehow they did whatever I had to do, pull the strings. And I was actually the guest bartender and, uh, got pretty busy you know i was making the old fashions and i do my way so it's a little bit more different i do more of a uh like the way i do it is like if you come to my house it's all about a presentation like it it has to look good when you're doing it uh not only does it taste great but it's got to look good so i'm sitting there usually they'll they'll mix the drinks and because you know you're working at a bar and 100 people are ordering old fashions everybody just banging them out but me you know i took my time and i the max I would do at one point was like four at a time. Otherwise, I would just start a new batch. But uh, I've been at events where I've been known to do a pitcher full of uh, old fashions. Wow. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember one time in Queens, we were at uh, Harry's Havana Hut. Mm-hmm. I think I almost killed 40 people. <laughs> oh, Lord. We went we through also... about seven bottles of, uh, Holy cow. of bullet rye. It was an interesting night. He also took out almost the entire Dojo crew, Cigar Coop, and half the AJ Fernandez factory oh, for making his drink. <laughs> I was, back then, I was Some doing the Cubari Kenyo Libre. I was just doing it. Uh, it's funny. I was uh, We have Flor de Caña because that's like water down there, and I was mixing them with Cokes, and I would pour from my arm. So I put the bottle on my forearm and pour it, kind of like make it look fancy. Everybody loved it. And then the uh, piece de resistance, as they say, I, I gave it a little finger squeeze swirl with my pinky and everybody loved it <laughs> and then everybody got sick and then everybody got sick it wasn't my pinky it, was it wasn't ball. your pinky but it was pretty coincidental <laughs> we'll, we'll just keep going with that rumor because it's pretty funny <laughs> yeah skip was there too that night oh yeah That's right. no, no you guys had like you guys had all kinds of like uh heavy i mean Saka was there i remember it was uh, an AJ, amazing, amazing yeah. night that probably could never be recreated we had uh I had a mariachi band there, and AJ was there, and Sokka, and Skip, and Eric, and some guy that's supposed to be the, he's like the biggest uh, importer of Mexican San Andreas, I don't remember the guy's name, but he was there, and we were just having laughs, and the whole Dojo crew was there, and uh, uh, William Cooper, uh, Cigar Coop, uh, a whole bunch, it was just an amazing time, the Fat Ash crew was there, all, all the uh, 
the admins, Brad, Dax, uh, Pap was there. It was a really good time. It was actually pretty nice. Oh, did you have a question or were you, were you getting to something? Yeah, no, I was going to ask. <laughs> so, 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 man, I, you know, it's not easy, obviously. Uh, give us a little background on, on being a police officer and, um, you know, and doing the, uh, doing the cigar stuff. I mean, how, how did you manage that? And, All right. So uh, give, give us some good cop stories from your, from your days in, on the street. I've, uh, I just finished retiring off uh, the police department. I did 20 years of service. I uh, retired uh, January 31st, and I'll tell you what, the minute I retired, I thought, oh, boom, I'm done. Relax. I have not stopped working since then, because the first thing I did was I went to Nicaragua. So uh, now that I'm retired, my goal is to basically try to build a brand. So mm-hmm. quick little history for the guys that never heard of us. Uh, we launched on my birthday. It was actually uh, May 15th, 2015. We launched a cigar called the Protocols, uh, the Blue, and uh, we did that in New Jersey. Eric Espinosa was there, and in reality, just to kind of sum it all up, we thought, let's do something fun. Uh, Bill and I were very active on social media. We were big fans of uh, a lot of different cigar m- manufacturers, and I said we came up with the idea, let's, come, let's just do something, you know, a hobby, let's make a fun cigar. Nobody's ever going to buy them. So what we did, when we did the blend. We said, uh, you know, people had heard that we were coming out with a cigar and, you know, people always trying to be nice and they would ask or actually give advice. And one of the advice was, if you're going to come out with a cigar, try to come out with something that everybody's going to like. And Bill and I said, uh, nobody's ever going to buy these cigars. Do we want to be stuck with 5,000 cigars? It was like 25 of the Toro, 2,500 of the uh, Corona Gordo. And we're like, if we're going to, do a cigar. Do we want to be stuck with something we just like or something we love? So we said, you know something, we're just, this is our project, our thing. We're just going to do this blend and we're going to love it. And it, we picked a blend and we blended a cigar that we loved, thinking that nobody was ever going to buy them. And three months later, they were all gone. And that's been uh, the same kind of thing that's been happening since then. So ever since I retired, I figured to myself, now that I'm doing this uh, full time, I can try to build a brand. So, try to get more brand awareness. So the first thing I wanted to do, and I did it. I went to Nicaragua with, uh, for four days. With uh, usually, I've been there like I don't know, like seven times. It's always been like very touristy. I've gone with, of course, uh, Drew Estate with their uh, cigar safari. I've been with, I don't know, with Eric or uh, Rocky Patel. I've been with a bunch of different things. It's a great time to get on, but. It's different than when you're going on there with a group of 10 guys and you're having a blast. This time it was just me and Eric, and I shadowed Eric, and I try to learn as much as I can down there because my philosophy is uh, it gives credibility to the brand when the actual uh, brand owner is going to Nicaragua, maybe not going like once a year, twice, or, or once every other year, or whatever, but if he's going on there constantly, and, you know, it, it kind of gives a little bit of credibility to the company. So that's my philosophy, my thought plan. So I'm going to try to get down there between three and four times a year just to kind of work on blends, to work on stuff, just to get down there and know the people and just get more exposure uh, down there. And it was pretty cool. Right after that, I came back and I did a, uh, a road trip down to uh, Florida. I was on uh, Kiss My Ash Radio. Mm-hmm. About a week ago, and I started Thursday, and I drove down. I stopped by, like, Georgia. I stopped by North Carolina, and I drove down. And I spent four days, and uh, and it was just been busy. And ever since I got back, you know, we moved into a new office, and it's awesome. We're just moving a lot of furniture around, painting. I'm doing stuff in my house. It's just been – I've been busy since – oh, it's, uh, I, haven't gotten, <laughs> I haven't been able to sleep in since I retired. So. Does everyone just think that you have all the time in the world now, so they come to you? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I my, more more. So, listen, the first thing I wanted to do when I retire was try to just reconnect with my family because for the last ten years, all I try to do as much overtime as I could at work. Because when you do a lot of overtime, of course, it increases your pension. So that was my goal. I was always at work, man, and I missed so many different things with the kids. So now I retire, I just don't want to miss anything. So my first thing was to. You know, where, where I've maybe neglected them, I'm going to spend more time with them. So that's what I've been doing, just spending a lot of time catching up with my kids and stuff. And uh, once we do that some more, I think I'm going to start hitting the road a little bit more aggressively. Like uh, we're planning to do maybe Texas. I want to do Arizona soon. 
And uh, just just get out there and just, you know, boots on the ground. That's the best way to really get out there. You know, uh, we're pretty decent on social media. We got a nice social media following. So we got that part of the, of the marketing down pretty okay, I guess, you know. But uh, for every one guy that's on social media, be it Instagram, Facebook, there are 100 guys that are not. So that's you got right. to mm-hmm. get to those guys. And the only way you really get to those guys is you got to go to shops. You got to just, you know, you know, kiss babies, shake hands and that kind of stuff. So that's what I want to do. That's yeah, what man. Want. That's what we were talking about. I think it was last week, maybe with Eric or the week before. It's like it's hard to translate social media success into success with shops. Right. And it's like, you, you know, you probably see this, too, man. You'll see people posting protocol and you're like, man, we're doing it. And, you know, same with me and Patina. I see more and more people posting Patina. And then, like you said, man, you get those boots on the ground, you go into the shops, and then all of a sudden no one's ever heard of you, and you're like, damn, I thought I was making progress. <laughs> and, and there's like this, you know, there's this lag, right? Because there's, yeah, there's connecting with the social media guys, but those are not the majority of the people that are going into shops. Okay. And so, um, yeah. you know, that's a whole different ballgame. So you're right with that. My point with that was, you know, when we talked about it last week, was like your social media guys are also more apt to buying online. Right. So sure. that 100% does not transfer over to B&Ms. Right. So, right. I mean, you you really, really have to do both. And the the companies that are winning nowadays are doing both really, really well. Right. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I think that, you know, kind of going back to your point, Juan, of, of building credibility, it isn't necessarily that you're that you visit the factory more. That's going to give you credibility. Right. It's going to be that you're going to be there. And you're going to see a problem and you're going to stop that problem and then you're going to fix it. Right. And then, you know, any every every cigar manufacturer has the issue of, you know, draw or burn or, you know, for some at, at some point you're going to have an issue. Right. And, you know, whether it be you don't like the way the bands are being put on, you don't like the way the cello is, you don't like the way the buy, you know, it's something you Correct. kind of just 100 percent. There's always take. something. There's always something. Right. So it isn't necessarily that your credibility is there because you're visiting more. It's because now you have more control over over everything right so then when you speak to someone and they say oh uh you know i had this issue or this and this issue you know you can come in and say well you know it's funny is i know about such and such rapper and it came in and it's and it's you know going this way you know what was your temperature and your your humidor at you know and you can and they're like fuck let me not mess with Wong because they actually you know he knows what he's talking about right then and we're talking about people that don't that you're going to meet moving forward now, right? Mm-hmm. With all your, you're like, man, this this guy actually knows what the fuck he's talking about. Maybe my humidor is a little messed up, or you know, whatever. N- they'll never admit that, but that's oh. where like that that uh, credibility is really going to come in, and and not necessarily, you know, I think it's super important that you visit more for sure, but just you know, when you're there, take 100% control of of that product side, right, and just be like. Hey man, uh, that doesn't look right. Uh, you know, and it's tough. You don't want to ruffle feathers, right? But at the same time, you're just like, hey, this is my money, and this is my, this here's my credibility, right? Is when that shit comes out, doesn't come out right. No, you know, you don't get a lot of pats on the back, but you'll get people to talk shit, right? So, right. If you know, if you can, kind of uh, stop that. That's that's really really your building. I mean, you guys know I've always loved you guys. You guys have a great product. You guys have the great marketing. You guys have a huge following, especially up in the Northeast. You know that that shit will start uh, spilling spilling over for sure, especially when you start hitting the road more. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think just overall more knowledge of just like I, I actually I was over there uh, and I was with AJ. It was me, AJ, and Eric Espinoza. Name drop. And I, and I, yeah, name. I'm a big name dropper. So uh, I was out there with those guys. I could say I was out there with two guys. But the good thing is the farmer. You're like, what this this guy this guy's story shit. So I gotta <laughs> drop some names. I'm you fucking know? with you. Some I'm credibility. Fucking. Like, <laughs> so I was out there with these guys, and I told AJ, listen, AJ, this guy is like a pat. This this guy's been in this business so many years. I heard the whole story. Like maybe you don't hear the the whole story from him, but how he came from Cuba, he was messing around with cigars, and it just grew into this thing. And I told him, listen, I want you to walk me through this. Like, I don't know nothing about cigars. I want to hear, I want to really pay attention, not have to entertain 10 guys and make them laugh or whatever. I'm over here. I want to be a student. He goes, ah, you know, more more than a lot of guys do. He's talking about, like, listen, just I want to learn more. I want to absorb as much as I can. 
so I could learn everything about it. So, you know, getting back to like Romacraft, like those guys, you know, you actually Ding. have Ding. right. Is there a, is there a Romacraft noise? Did you guys come up with some kind of Romacraft noise? <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah. I mean, just, to Play it again, Romacraft. <laughs> hey. All right. Like those guys, yeah. you know, I give a, those it's guys a, it's a toilet flushing. They have their own you know, factory. Same thing with uh, James Brown from Black Label Trading Company. These guys are out there. They do. They're doing it. You know, Nick Nick Molino. They're doing. They're out there doing it. They're not just. Like like me, like a brand owner, and going down or at one point, going down there once every other year, they're down there, they're doing it, they're 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 getting that stuff done, and I think fans, you know, like that. They say, oh, wow, that's that's cool. Sure. That guy's going down there. He's he's not just mm-hmm. a brand owner that goes down there once every two years, you know. So, you know, of course I couldn't because I work, but now that I'm not working, I want to try to get down there more and just the the quality control aspect that like you said, Danny, is astro is quintessential but also just that getting down there more i i i personally believe it gives you a little bit more credibility in the eyes of uh, sure. you know, a lot of nerds and the fanboys which i am a huge nerd you know and you know it's just it's gonna help so i'm hoping it helps out and we'll see how 2019 is so far 2019 has been pretty cool for us first thing you know besides me retiring going down to nicaragua we had a few cool releases we had the uh, uh J, the john doe which uh, came out like early January. That thing sold out in about three hours, which was mind-boggling to us. And we got the new stick with Dojo coming out in April. So we're excited, man. We still do. You know what boggles me is that we're, I consider ourselves a, a, we're still a small boutique company. And there's so many great cigars, so many great cigars in this market. And people still be, there's still somewhat of a buzz about us. It's pretty amazing. I'm so humbled and thank everybody for that kind of level of support. Pretty amazing. Well, you guys have like this interaction with with uh, your fan base. That's that um, you know is the way to do it, right? I mean, you guys are super approachable, super uh, um, you know kind of personalities that attract people to coming to hang out, coming to party, and, and things that people like, right? And I think that that creates um, the that following of people that are willing to give you know, a cigar that you come out with a chance, right? I mean, you, right. you never know, you never know what someone's going to do. Right. So mm-hmm. if you, if you have three to 500 bundles of something or boxes or something, you know, it could potentially sell out because of that following. Right. And then the factory and the blend and the work you put into it will sell the next 500 or, right. you know, so that's, I think you guys have, um, you guys have everything in place. And now with time on your hands, you know, I think you guys can, you guys have a lot of, you know, big things coming up and, um, you know, I love, I love from your mouth to God's ear, bro. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I right. so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, like you say, you know, there's a lot of good cigars out there. There's a lot of mediocre cigars that are having a lot of success, right? So if you have a good cigar and good marketing and you're good people, you know, it it can only kind of translate into one thing. Um, and you know, I don't know. So I, agree. I, don't, I like those words. Those are nice. <laughs> Very profound. He's got, pretty, he's got a pretty deep mouth. thoughts with Danny Vasquez. No, yeah, uh, no. Uh, nice. <laughs> so, speaking of nice words, Juan, what's one of the best compliments you've ever gotten for your cigars? Oh, best compliment. Let's see. Somebody told me at an event one time. If I had one cigar to smoke before I die, it'd be, I believe it was the Themis. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty deep uh, compliment. That, that's deep. Every time somebody posts my cigar to me is a compliment because, like I said, listen, there's, uh, well, I should say our cigars, not my cigar, but uh, there's so many, I wouldn't say good. There, there are a lot of tremendous cigars in this market right now. I think more than ever, man, it's just, you can go into a humidor and, like, just pull your hand out and grab something. I'm just, it's going to be amazing. There's some great cigars out there. To just and I smoke a lot of uh, other people's stuff just to kind of keep a uh, you know keep abreast of what's going on, what people are putting out. And man, right now there's some amazing stuff going out. And for anybody to even just buy our stuff and post it, man, I spend a lot of my time is just interacting with the fan base. I hate the word fan actually with uh, with the consumer, but or whatever the word is, but. Uh, when they post something, I uh, I myself reach out to them. Oh, thank you for the post. I appreciate it. Blah blah blah. So our engagement's pretty good, and uh, that's that's our main thing. Just try to engage and 
Bill and I spend a lot of time doing that. When they, we see a post, we, re, we, we repost it, thank the person, and you know that really helps a lot. And we're still doing it you know, four years later. So, so let me let me flip it then. What's the most ridiculous criticism that you remember? Mm, that's a good one. The most ridiculous criticism. Uh, I believe it was the guy had cut the cigar below the head and it started to unravel. And he's staring, he's looking at me, look at the construction on this thing. It's unraveling. I mean, how can you guys put us? And what, you know, you, I'm sure all of you have seen that. Like, you know, this is the same guy that smelled the cigar through the cellophane. Like, oh, this is great. Oh, man, it's like smelling a burger that's wrapped in aluminum foil and in a bag. Oh, my God, I smell that. You go to Five Guys, right? You get your burger, they put, it's wrapped up in aluminum foil, it's in a bag, and you sit, I sit up there with a bumper bag and smell Oh, this smells great. Like, come on, people, stop that. I, that's one of my pet peeves for people, smelling the cigar through the cellophane. Oh, But then that same guy was like, oh, my God, this the cigars unraveling. Your construction sucks. I was like, all right, maybe with the next one, if you cut a little bit higher, maybe it'll be try that. You know, what do you <laughs> say to like that? Try learning how to cut. Yeah, but yeah, people are very upset. That. You know, I, I was at a party like the other day, uh, somebody and came up. That was I was a cigar maker, and the guys telling me about Monte Cristos and Cubans and this and that, and the guys telling stories, and he starts mentioning a box. A box cut, he said. Oh, it's called a box press. Oh, no, a box cut, box press, whatever. I was like, well, okay. Like, let me just shut up and you keep talking. But it's hard <laughs> to. I try to like educate people, but sometimes you know, it's, people think they know everything about everything. So, mm-hmm. so there was a there was a topic brought up to uh, to me to mention, and, and you were saying uh, people uh, smelling through the cellophane we could all agree that that's probably not going to do you much good in figuring out if the cigar is going to fit your palate or not. Now let's take that to licking the cigar before they smoke it. Do you guys still see a lot of that? And I feel like that was maybe more prevalent back in the day when humidification systems weren't as advanced as they are now. How about they lick they lick the cigar and they ask you for your cutter. I'm like, uh, I, I left my cutter <laughs> in the toilet. I, 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 I got to go back and get it. You go, you leave. Yeah, when I started smoking, guys would tell me, yeah, you know, you just kind of put it in your mouth a little bit, and then you cut it or you punch it, whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, like, you know, what the fuck did I know? And then later on, I'm like, yeah, that, you don't need to do that, like, at all. <laughs> but, What's your, what, let me hear some of you guys' pet, biggest pet peeve with cigars. Uh, mine is definitely the smelling through the cellophane. <laughs> well, you know what's That's funny? The flip, I'm on the flip side of that. I love to see that. Oh, my God, because it just entertains me all day. Then I know the ki- the type of person that I'm about to have a conversation with, if, right. if at all, right? I'm like, oh, you're the, you're a smell through the cellophane kind of guy. Yeah, sit down because you're dumb, and I want right. to talk to you. <laughs> but uh, you know what's funny is I got shit the other day for, for my my pet peeve. And I don't know why, and it's my pet peeve, right? But it, it bothered other people. Anyway, it was like, it, Danny. yeah, somebody that when you take the band off before smoking, mm-hmm. like you haven't, you know, you cut, you take the band off and you like, like, why? And I don't know why, but it drives me crazy, right? That's the European like, way. The, the Americans, they call it <laughs> called smoking the band, but Europeans, I, and I've seen Europeans, they do it. They take the band yeah. right off and everything. They smoke the cigar. I'm like, wow, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm a band smoker. I like to leave it on. Yeah. I think it, it, it adds to the beauty of the cigar in your hand. You know, especially sometimes guys put a lot of work into the band and how the way they look and the intricacies. Mm-hmm. And you come and you light and you rip it off. You know, I I, I like geeks. I like geeks that that want to save them. I got about a million bands. I don't know what to, I don't even know what to do with them anymore. I just keep collecting <laughs> them. I have about. 300 boxes, empty boxes. My wife was like, what are you doing with these boxes? I was like, I'm going to try to do a wall art. You've been saying that for the last 10 years. Get rid of these boxes. I was like, you know something, you're right. I think I'm going to have to maybe get either burn them or make the, hurry up with that wall art or do something because now, now I got three closets full of empty boxes. Got a bonfire. Yeah. Something, i got to do something with it. Wasting all that time painting rooms, you could have just put boxes oh, up. That would have been a nice piece. I, I've been saying, I've been saying about my man cave for the last ten years. I still haven't done it. Maybe now that I'm retired, I might do it, and then I won't have any more boxes because she made me throw them all out. 
<laughs> oh, how about another, I got another one, another pet peeve. Guys, you're like, uh, I'm sitting there, and the guy takes it. He goes, you know what you could do to make it taste nice? You take your uh, cigar and you dip it in the cognac. I'm like, oh, mm. okay. Yeah. Why not just sip it? Why not just take a drag and sip it to get the same effect? And I have this wet thing in your mouth, you know. Oh. Yeah. Mo has some pet peeves. I know because he worked he worked the retail side. Mo, what uh, have you seen in your retail days? Man, the best. I always used to love the guy the guys who came in asking for Cubans, and then when you told them no, they'd buy acids. That that's probably my all time favorite. Um. And that's nothing against acids, but what bothered, me, what bothered me about it was it was obvious that they were they were not, you know, Juan, one thing we talk about a lot is cigar smokers versus guys who smoke cigars, right? And there's a difference, right? Absolutely, 100%. And um, so, you know, listen, man, you want to sound like a cigar guy, you know what you're doing or whatever, uh, flashing your expertise on Cuban cigars is not necessarily the way to do it. Okay? That's the worst I mean, thing you could say. Right. So, you know, and then you want to go to the acid. Uh, just, you know, understand that those are two completely different profiles. So it's obvious to me that you just want to try to sound a certain way. You want to front, right? Eh, I'm not big on that. So that used to bother me. Um, the other thing is, you know, the cellophane thing is always hilarious to me. That That's the best. Yeah. But I would say number one, as I've you know, been in the market, hit the market, hit the road and stuff is, is when people try to compare my 10 to $12 cigar to a 30, 40, uh, you know, that really, to me, I mean, well, thank you for including it in the conversation, but that's not the market I'm going for. So why are we even comparing the two right now? And so, um, that, that kind of is a pet peeve of mine. But, you know, other than that, man, uh, and then vaping in a cigar shop, just don't do it. I, oh, I've seen are. that a couple times. Don't do that. <laughs> save, save yourself the embarrassment. I tried hookah once at a cigar shop. It was just a one time. Uh, let me try it. I, I hear about it in rap songs and stuff and reggaeton <laughs> songs. I think me and you did a hookah at uh, Smoke Money on yeah. one time one night. Yeah, we did it. I was like, oh, uh, I'm not a big hookah guy. <laughs> Hey, Danny, you know what we did was pretty funny, and not actually funny, but pretty amazing. We, we, we did a, and I don't think uh, it's, it was done too much in the industry, like uh, joint events. Yeah. Like, you'd have, I remember like, you like, guys did that. Let, let's say you got, you know, you got Caldwell and, and Booth. They come out with a cigar together. They're at an event, but they have a cigar together. But two totally separate companies at the same event, dual event. I, th- I actually thought it was kind of cool, and uh, I haven't seen too much of that. Well, now, what are your thoughts everybody- on that? Well, because well, especially you know, being deeper into the industry now, it's everybody seems to like want to be the guy, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, don't don't come and um, you know try to get in my party, you know, to my party and and right. this and that, and you know, and and especially let's say if we get to like a, a bigger level of of manufacturer where that shop, you know, you're everyone's biting for that uh, shelf space, right? So if if the event goes really well and they sell out and then you got to reorder and then, you know, potentially that, that shop will say, Hey, uh, you know, this sells really well. Let's give them more shelf space, this and that, Uh, you know, the manufacturers, they, they don't want that competition in there right there at the second, especially right uh, right next to them, especially when it's like, um, like, Hey, you know, come take a look at my cigar and, you know, it, you would it would just have to be that level of like friendship and you know um, camaraderie and I and I don't know but for us it just worked because you know you were taking you took me to shops that you know I wanted to get in I brought I took I took you to shops that I was good in in, in Maryland and um, and you know I was just I was just really happy for the exposure and the and the the, the fun time and I was super nerd like just I was just happy to be invited to the party right to the, right. the to the dance. And, and I learned off you guys, I learned, I saw your interaction that you guys don't act like your shit doesn't stink with, with customers. Everything, you know, is just, it's just, it's about, it's about the cigar, but it's about having a good time. And it was just, and, um, it was actually that event at smoke that I drove up there just to go to your event, Mm -hmm. uh, that I saw like how you guys did it. You had that salsa band that kind of followed you guys around for a little while. Right. Um, and that was a great band. Actually, those guys are good. Oh yeah. Those guys were yeah, and uh, uh, what's um, 
was it Dion was there, right? From um, uh, Epic Cigars was there. Um, yep. Dean Parsons. Dean, Dean. And yeah. we were just like all just, it was just fun. So I was like, you know, these, these guys, we can just really all hang out. All right. And then we did the, uh, we did your uh, charity event thing where everyone showed up. Like Saka was there. Nick was there. Espinosa was there. Jolly was there. Those are, that was, was just, a great, that was a great event. We did that for that 10 was, years long. That was, that was an awesome event. That was ridiculous. I mean, it was, it was so, I mean, we just knew, knew that, you know, this could work together. Cause I, I don't care if you outsold me. You know, I don't, and, and I know you guys didn't care, you know, well, I wasn't really going to outsell you guys, but, you know, you were looking to help or just be part of something cool. Yeah, but, I remember guys coming up to the table, it's like, oh, I like this, I like this, buy. Well, we don't have that, but Danny over there, he has a great cigar, it's medium. Back then when we did it, we didn't have, we didn't have the Themis, which is a more right. medium body. We just had full and fullers. We had the, the blue <laughs> and the red. We had strong and stronger. So it's like, you got anything right. light? No, we don't, but. Look, Danny, right there is a beautiful medium body cigar. Go, you're, you're better off. Uh, don't try this as a full body. Go over there and talk to. That's just the way we, you know, we did it. Now it's pretty amazing, and I, you know, I loved it. I think we even did a promo one time. You buy X amount of somebody else, you get the other guys free. And when we were doing that, that was actually yeah. pretty cool too. And it, it yeah, just opened and it was up just people's. yeah, no, exactly. It was just a way for us to, I mean, just be normal people in, in this industry and, and learning it together. And, um, uh, it was, it was cool. I, I wish there was a little more of that, but you know, not these huge, I get it why there's not, but I think if two companies are like-minded and, you know, just right. have a respect for each other, it could definitely work. Yeah. And, and why, in your opinion, why doesn't it happen more often? I think Danny hit it right on the nose. It just, just the bottom line is, listen, this is the bottom line is the business. Danny is my competition, right? I could have been like, F Danny. I don't, you know, don't, but sometimes, you know, you got to look above business and look at the people behind it and just say, the person behind his brand is an amazing human being and he makes a great cigar. You should go check him out. But, you know, it's, I, we still do that. I, I, I never really compared to my, ourselves to anybody. I just, you know, I'm, very happy when somebody smokes it and just I'm very appreciative and I'll never say, Oh, listen, don't smoke don't smoke that. Smoke the, yeah. yeah. If you ask me what's yeah. new, what we got, you know, I'll talk to you about it. But if you say, nah, this is not my profile, it's like, oh, you want to try something nice? Listen, nah. Nick Molino's got a great Connecticut, blah, blah, blah. Or, um, I, I don't care doing that. You know, maybe that's what that's why we're not gonna do as good as we should, but you know, it's just the way I am. I don't want to compromise who I am for a dollar. So, well, the thing is, if you got to talk bad about your competition, you're already losing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, if you if you got to say, oh, you don't want that because that's just shit. This and shit. You know, it's like, like, whoa, you 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 aren't confident enough in what you're bringing to the table right. that you got to bash these guys. I mean, that's just kind of a an overall thing. But that's the worst thing you can do is bash somebody else's cigar. I don't care what it is. I, I don't. I won't say, say anything bad about nobody yeah. else's cigar. If it's not for me, I don't smoke, and that's it. You know. One man's one man's treasure is another man's trash. Yeah. One man's trash is my treasure. So it is what it is. Everybody's got different opinion, different palettes, and that's the great thing about this. There's room for everybody. And once you get into that mentality, there's room for everybody, and everybody could do what they got to do, and you know, just try to worry about yourself, and you know, don't hurt anybody. You put. I, I'm, I've always been a guy that just puts out positive energy because I think it comes back to you. So I'm, I'm not, that's just my philosophy. And also, this industry is so small that yeah. it'll get back. It is. It'll get back to whoever you're talking shit about. And one day you may need that person, or that person actually isn't as bad as you are saying. And it's going right. to make. The, and then you know, talk about credibility, right? Like, oh man, those Opus X Fuentes are those are. You don't want that. That's terrible. Like, whoa, dude, you you know messed up because shit. I got know, three Opus drunk. Xs that I bought in like 2005. That's already. Three and they're in a, they came in a, in a glass, uh, like a glass case, a glass whatever it was, it was some kind of three pack. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm I got three kids, each one of these I'm smoking at their weddings, so that's oh, what nice. I'm gonna smoke. I already have nice. them. They're you know they're already like we're, we're 2018. I bought them in 2005. So, how old's your oldest kid? She is 16. She'll be 17 in July. Oh wow! So you got, hopefully, you got a long way. <laughs> hopefully, I got a long way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Drew. Yes, you remember sir. that guy that we used to buy those Opus from? Unfortunately. Out of his garage? <laughs> yes. What was the story? Opus? 
No, this guy was, uh, I think his wife made him stop smoking or something like that. Or I think it was just like a, like a girlfriend that actually made him stop smoking. and So he started selling all his cigars? He was yeah, selling dude. off his cigars. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> I, I, I pray to God I never get sick where I have to stop smoking cigars oh, and drinking, know, drinking coffee. Those are my oh, two coffee, yeah. I know. I like alcohol as well, So, but I could probably do without it, like. For example, I got on this keto diet. I had to do it with beer for now until I hit my goal. And I've been drinking uh, Tito's and club soda. That's like my new drink. So I'm still drinking, but if I had to give it all up, I, I could. It's just coffee and cigars. That mm-hmm. Those two things I cannot give. And I have, if I have to give up one, that's a tough call. I love them both so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that coffee's in your DNA, being Puerto Rican, though. Oh, so my God. Good. I just... <laughs> oh, See, so, uh... So you guys got, what, Nightstick, right, coming out for Dojo. Yes. Um, uh, tell us April, a little bit about that one. So last year we came out with the uh, K9, and that was the first Dojo collaboration we did. And we did 300 bundles. So it was like 3,000 cigars. And we think, ah, it's not going to sell. No, it's never going to sell. Things sold out in an hour and 45 minutes. So Famous saw that. They were like, all right, we're going to up the ante a little bit. Now they got, uh, for the Nightsticks, was the follow-up. Um, we did, they, well, they did 500 bundles. And when we do collaborations with people, uh, we've only done like a few, you know, not too many. But when we do it, we want the people to be involved. It's not like uh, I went to Master Sensei and said, I'm going to make you this cigar. I said, no, listen, I want you to be in the, in the process. So... Tell me how you wanted to taste, what size. So, Master Sensei picked the K9 last year, the size. He picked the, uh, oh, they did, the Dojo guys picked the size of the nightstick. They, you know, they like bigger ring gauge cigars. I'm not a big ring gauge guy, but uh, these collaborations are actually the biggest ring gauge we got. So, last year was a 56, this year's a 54. And the biggest we have is like a 52. So, we don't plan to do regular production larger ring gauges because we try to keep it at, uh, Cigar nerd sizes, you know, a lot of Lanceros, Corona Gordo. The Toro is like the most ground ball one we do. You know, a, a typical 6x52. It's a big hit, don't get me wrong. And I'm sure if we came out with a 6x60, it'd probably sell great. But we're still under the mentality. Of we we want to do things with a cigar geek, cigar nerd mentality behind it and do, you know, different sizes, kind of like the stuff we like to smoke. So that's what we're doing. We're still doing the whole, we, you know, what do we like to do. So... Um, should we change that? I don't know, but we haven't really, you know, discussed that much, but I, I, I think what we're doing is working. So if it's not broken, don't try, you know, try, don't try to fix it. Yeah. We get hit up for a six by 60 all the time. It's like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. not gonna, and where we have one that we've made, but we don't actually sell it, but it's just like, man, I, I can't do it. You know, and we have a four and a half by 60, um, which is, you know, the, the mandible. And I think it's, it it, it, it it hits that it hurts certain people's palate but it's just like i for me 60 ring gauge is is too big i think 56 is like my max you know right but uh but no i, I totally agree i always try to educate people too when i'm talking about bigger ring gauge i, I hit them with the whole rapid binder filler ratio just try to give them a little yeah. education explain to them how when you do a bigger ring gauge, you're smoking more filler, so the, the, the wrapper really gets lost, and the wrapper is the most pristine, the most uh, beautiful part of the, the cigar. You're missing out on the whole blend, and when you really get into the thinner ring gauges, you really appreciate what the blend is. You know, it, It's very difficult for somebody to, if you have a hit cigar and you come out with a 6x60, you know, it's hard to get that, that, that those ratios right that you haven't even taste it's remotely the same as, as the brand you're putting out but it's just it's not for us but again something like like the the nightstick with cigar dojo you know they wanted a bigger ring gauge and this is their baby hey if you want to do it let's do it and it's been successful so yeah so that cigar's coming out uh, april 5th at famous uh 500 bundles 400 is gonna go online and 100 at the store so we'll see how, how long that hopefully that sells out yeah, I saw the artwork for the band. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that was all. Master Sensei yeah. did it too. He, he he created the artwork. You know, he yeah, did it. Really yeah, he does a good job, man. The guy's a pretty talented, talented dude. Who came up with you guys' artwork? Who, whose silhouettes are those in the uh, in your logo? That's <laughs> me and Mo. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Where's Danny in there? You got to put Danny in there somewhere. I know. We're we not. Wow, well, we're good. <laughs> 
That big bald head would look awesome. <laughs> on, like, <a> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so stupid. I'll, I'll work on that. <laughs> You'll think we're a basketball podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could put a drone in there because you got that drone. Danny, I haven't seen you fly the drone in a while. Dude, it's been cold as balls and uh, oh, stop it. Windy and what, no, man. it did below. No, it could, it's thirties. It did below seventy. So yeah, yeah, it got yeah. below seventy one. Couldn't go outside. This guy came from Maryland, where it was like thirty degrees below zero. He goes to Texas now. It's like sixty. I'm like, God, it's cold. I yeah, I know. I need a jacket. I need a, I need, I need a, a turtleneck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm Caribbean built, bro. It's it's uh, still too cold. Hey, Kyle, what's the temperature by you? About 34. Mm. And you're smoking outside, right? Not anymore, but I was. That's a man. Take notes, Danny. (laughs) That's a man. Well, we all know Danny's not. Come on. (laughs) Let's let's not go too far. It's 57 right now, and I got thermal socks and a hoodie. (laughs) He's got batteries in his fucking underwear. Battery-powered undies. I love it. People be out naked in 57 right now here. Yeah, no kidding. I'd kill for 57. What, what's the weather right now in sunny Newark, New Jersey there, Kevin? My producer. Kevin, can you look? Can you? Yeah. Right now we're at 42 degrees. Four, that's not actually too bad. 42 is not, not too bad right Pretty now. Pretty good. Not too bad. Hey, that's Kevin uh, on, on this. He's, uh, he's one of the partners in the uh, company. He got on a little while ago. He's an awesome young man. Kevin, say hello to everybody. How's everybody doing out there today? What's up, man? Hey, How's Kevin? it going, man? We kind of started a, not a podcast per se, but uh, we started something called Protocol Live that uh, we just did one. Uh, this is kind of how it happened. So we'd go on these shows like, you know, Cigar Dojo, Coop, or whoever mm-hmm. have you. Now, you guys don't do video, but if you guys did, you know, back then we had a laptop and we would talk. This was terrible. So Kevin, <laughs> being who he is, he's a real IT kind of guy. The guy drops like 15 G's in studio. I'm like in a real studio over here. He's got like foam on the walls. He's got this. It looks like a D. It's like this. What is this thing called, Kevin? <laughs> what? What? That thing called? that with the thousand buttons. Oh, like this is called a mixer one. He's the got mixer. a mixer. He's got like 17 <laughs> cables coming out, about 300. And it's, oh my God. I thought he was going to start with a DJ. Oh, he needs the turntable. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> cameras, mics, headphones. I'm like, listen, I don't want you to, you, you, you did all this. We need to do something with it. So it's not wait to get on the show. So I was like, well, you know, and it kind of three of us together, like, let's do something just to, to engage the, 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 the people out there more, to engage our fan base. And we did the protocol live. That's pretty cool. You know, we just, we just told stories and talked about it. It's not like we're going to do industry news or nothing. It's just like. Us being us and talking jokes and making you know fun of each other. That's all we do all day long is break each other's balls, and it's pretty funny. No, I saw the setup. Uh, the I guess kind of when it, when you guys started, it looked, it looked really cool. And I the the backdrop of the port- protocol just took me back to all the events. Uh, it's the same one, bro. It's yeah, the same exact one we took up, and we had a, it. It would take five guys to try to put this banner up because it's like <laughs> a thousand pipes, and you're like, I'm like a plumber. Oh, I'm laying pipe over here. I will, I will admit, as soon as I saw, you know, as soon as the event was uh, coming to an end, I would disappear while they were putting that thing away because I'm like, oh, fuck that. I'm not helping with that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Years later, confessing. uh, Oh, my God. That's cool. So I I think it's it's just, you know, we did it as a, uh, we actually, before we did it, I called up like uh, the, uh, I called up like uh, Dojo. Uh, William Cooper, uh, the guys that um, developing pallets, and I said, "This is what we're gonna do. We don't want to take your thunder. It's not gonna be like an like we're gonna do press releases. And we, no, this is just basically protocol based, but just us. Another way to engage engage the people. And actually, it was the first one we did was pretty good, and people have been asking for another one. So we got to do it eventually. But uh, I got a great story from Nicaragua. I'm saving for that one. So uh, it, it had some funny stuff happen to me in Nicaragua, but. We'll, we'll, we'll have to wait to that one. To, it's funny because our first we'll podcast, we did not talk about cigars, which was unbelievable. We not we talked about events, we yeah. talked about whatever. But we did not talk about cigars at all. Yeah, at all. Yeah, I kind of like that format. You know, those are some of the best. Guys, get on here. Oh, my vitola's this, and my vitola's bigger than your vitola. And I got, <laughs> I got more ring gear, ring gear is bigger than yours. 
Like, oh god, who wants? Oh, my, my cigar pairs well with a with a, uh, uh, whatever <laughs> Johnny Blue or whatever. The, you know, yeah. to me, like, how many times do you want to hear that? Like, we people want to hear this, like us talking about other stuff. And I think it's it great, great listening. We we've said it before, like like when we were. Uh, when we were we were on the call, kind of just waiting for Drew, like always. We we were we got into, you know, Mo and I got into like this. Really I heard he got good... kidnapped. Is that true, or was it a car stop? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he was if he was five more minutes late, that would have been his only excuse to for being fucking late. No, but no, but we got into like this really deep conversation about factory and like uh, like really pre-industry, you know, the tobacco side of it, and and um, Cal that's always has something smart to say was just like completely dead silent and listening. And and I just I said like this is the shit that people really want to hear you know some of the yes. stuff and you guys know there's there's stuff that you know you really can't talk about but there's you know like this is the shit that people really like and we weren't really necessarily talking about cigars you know we were talking about you know tobacco processing plants and factories and different countries and you know the deep like the stuff that you do de- actually deal with and then and then yeah. oh yeah and there's a cigar at the end of it um, <laughs> and you know pe- you know people really really nerd out over that stuff they like it. Yeah, if you could, everybody you could actually over that, Bill's over Bill's uh, bat story. You know, he, he he wasn't able to make a bunch of events, and we were, <clears throat> you know, not keeping that to the public or whatever. And you know, then you know, I was like, Bill, we got to do a podcast. You wanted to do one. I got all the studios set up. We got to do a podcast, and you got to talk about the bat story with your house. You're getting rabies shots, the whole family, <laughs> and that thing was a hit. Like people are still talking about that, so it's like you yeah. know they, they want to hear the stories behind the scenes. You know, we're we are, we're all normal people. We have day jobs. These guys are cops. I'm I do internet security, but that that was huge. Like that that story just resonated. So yeah, we got to do another one, but. You know, it's not going to be about cigars. It's going to be about our lives and just kind of engage, you know, the customers that, you know, the man behind the people. Mm-hmm. Mo, Mo has a bat story. I want to hear it. Mo, let me hear your bat oh, story. we got to hear it. We got to hear it now. <laughs> man, so I'm, uh, so I used to work, I used to work in the agricultural industry. So I, uh, I traded physical commodities for, um, about four years. So I'm living in rural Illinois. Um, and I'm in, uh, I, I lived in a really, really shitty apartment. Okay. And so I'm taking a nap one day after work, get home and, uh, I wake up, man, I hear noise. Are you fully clothed or are you sleeping naked? No, I was naked. No, I, that's I, what I, people want to hear. This is these yeah, no, no. I was, <laughs> I was, I was my bad. I was clothed. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, so I mean, I didn't think anything of it. Me either way. Was it? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Next thing I know, man, I wake up again. I'm still hearing noises. Walk out, and this bat is lying on the floor. All of a sudden, it gets up and just flies into this to the other room. And I'm in. I'm shitting my pants. I'm like, what is this? You know, I mean, you just don't see that, uh, at least not where I grew up. And so um, I'm like, oh boy. And then uh, I called Drew. I think. Yeah. Right, Drew. Yeah. You did. I'm like, dude, what do I do with this? <laughs> and uh, Drew, Drew's like, I don't know, man. Call animal control. So I call animal control, and they're like, Yeah, there's, you know, nothing really we could do. Our 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 office is closed, you know, because it's a small town, right? And uh, I'm like, Shit. So I uh, finally get a hold of the landlord. He goes, You know, we'll send the guy up there. So he just came up there, man, with a bucket and uh, put it over the bat and uh, got it out of the apartment. But you know, man, it's like you know, with Bill. Yeah, I mean, you know, you get bit by these things. They got rabies. They yeah, got sometimes whatever, you don't even know that their their teeth are so sharp you don't even feel they bite you. If you're crazy, sleeping. man. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't mess with bats, dude. They're scary. <laughs> unless it's, scared unless it's a morciégalo by Eric Espinosa. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Lord. I got one of those. I got a couple of those Lanceros, actually. Oh, those are good cigars, man. Those new ones he's doing with AJ and the factory are so yeah. good. So, uh, yeah, you guys. So we the the trade show is a month earlier this right. year. If mm-hmm. anyone noticed, what do you, you guys have anything you want? You can talk about. Want to talk about? You guys are doing anything new? So we're gonna be again in the Eric Espinosa booth. Um, okay. It's pretty funny. So when we first hit. In 2016, I think it was at the New Orleans. Is that 16? Can anybody no, that confirm was 15. That? that was 15. All right. So New Orleans, we're in New Orleans, and uh, 
Eric, like, you guys want to come into the trade show? He goes, yeah, but we don't have a booth. Da, da, da. He goes, I'll, get, I'll give you some space. We're like, all right, no, no problem. So we get there, and, he, and uh, like, he's setting up everything, and beautiful Espinosa, the crochier, because at the time he, he was distributing for them. And I'm like, uh, Eric, this is really, really nice. He goes, bro, 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 yeah, I like it, bro. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, where uh, where where are we gonna go? Well, where's our space? He goes, uh, bro, bro, right there. You don't see it? I'm like, uh, uh, no, right? Come here. <laughs> he walks me to the shelf. He goes, this, and he tells like somebody, hey, move these two cigars out of. So there were like two cigars boxes there. He takes they take the other. This is your this is your space. I'm like uh, a shelf. It was the size of a laptop. He goes, bro, all you got is two cigars. Uh, one, one, uh, one brand, two Vitola. It's all you need. I was like, all right, no problem. We put it there. It was, it was actually tremendous. We had a great time and uh, had a little, little shelf, and we opened up 30 accounts, and that was great. And the next two years, we had our own booth uh, next to him, of course. That was all just all right. But then last year, for the first time, he had us back in the booth and actually gave us a little corner, uh, our own little corner. And that was actually really cool. And it went so well for everybody that he said, come back, you know, invited us again. So we're going to be there. We are releasing a new cigar, and we're doing two line extension sizes. So we're excited about that. Awesome. Okay. And, and, and Jack will be in the booth this year. Yes, Jack Tarania will be there. Him and his, uh, his peacock. I don't know if anybody saw that. I, 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 I did see that. Yeah. I, I totally understood the rooster. I didn't get the peacock, but. It's uh, a cock. It's a I cock. Got, got it's you. a kind of cock. <laughs> Hector got the rooster, right? Hector, you got the yeah. cock and, and, you know, power of the pea. Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> Eric actually was incised, incensed the first. He was like, what's this pink flamingo? No, he, he called it a pink swan. What kind of man gives another man a pink swan? He goes, oh, Eric, it's a, it's a flamingo. We're in Florida, you know? It's, he goes, all right, I kind of like it now. So if anybody ever goes to... Uh, the Espinosa Premium Cigar Factory in Hialeah Gardens, you will see the pink flamingo on his desk. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. No, it's still there. Yeah. He sent me a picture the other day. He goes, the more it's here, the more I like it, bro. So. <laughs> and and uh, uh, Hector Alfonso uh, uh, Sr. loves his cock. It, well, the, you know, the rooster. <laughs> the rooster, so, yeah, yeah. Rooster, yeah. And Jack did a video, so he loved his peacock. <laughs> The power of the P. Oh my God! Is there, a, is there a line extension coming for these cocks? Yes, called the, next, the, uh, the next cock, the Mandingo. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, is a eight by eighty, uh, dark Bill, Maduro. Bill and I did not approve of that line extension. <laughs> the slogan for that one is "Put my P in your mouth." <laughs> <laughs> That's the new hashtag. 80, man. That, is, that is not going to fit. I like that. Somebody <laughs> came up with a new one. Feel the P. I like that one, too. I've been using it. I actually remember when I came up with the power of the P, I was like, uh, I called a few people. Like, what do you think about this this hashtag, power of the P? But the P is going to be that emoji P. It's like, you know, it looks like uh, the PayPal thing. And it was, ah, that's kind of risque. I don't know <laughs> if you should do it. I was like, ah. And everybody I spoke to, like maybe four or five people, they were like, oh, I don't like it. I, was like, oh. I said, yeah, forget it. Let me go do it. And it actually took off. Power of the P, it's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, it, it fits in with the, the whole kind of protocol crew. I mean, it's, it, it doesn't necessarily uh, go against any of those guys. It's like um, I said, grab him by the P, I said. <laughs> what you did start doing. I did start, but if I don't do it, I take that off. So. Every once in a blue, I'll throw it in there and see if it kind of like catches it. But yeah, I've been told not to do the uh, grabbing by the P. We, we've actually had a website uh, analysis, and they were like, "Do you actually understand what power of the P means?" And we're like, "Yeah, we know what it means. Like, it's okay, whatever." We had some companies come back, and and they're like, "Yeah, we're a little concerned about the women buyers and the company and this and that." And then that actual company started using power of the P. Yes. Yeah, this is, this is <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, well, obviously you didn't care because your marketing department used it. And they were like, yeah, we can't control them. So they loved it. But yeah, they were trying to stop you from using it. Yeah, right? exactly. They could, they could. Exactly, yeah. So uh, I don't know. You guys got anything? I, I know, you know, these guys roll like uh, like 30 guys deep when they go to Vegas, right? It's like uh, 
like they bring their whole crew with them. It's like a it's like an MC Hammer dance party. Like you just bring everybody. So I from from what I hear, and you guys are you guys will have like a party house or something. Uh, wow. In, in, there are no secrets in this industry, bro. No this, secrets, listen, man. <laughs> you know me, bro. I, I got an, I got an ear everywhere. You're 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 still in my backyard. So the house is there, but it's not a party house. It's just a sleeping accommodations. No, everybody's invited. <laughs> <laughs> not a party house because you're not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> we, right. there, there's there's a uh, like some legal documents the size of the Bible where you have to read it. Everything's no power, no parties, no parties, no, no peas, no peas in people's mouth, no feeling the peas. So they go, Oh, we had to sign a whole disclosure thing. We can't, can't spread the pee in Vegas or in the house. I should say, but I'll be you spreading the pee all over. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Cal, you're so you're the one. On this show. P- penis. P- People penis, protocol. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Right. I remember like the first year we came out with it. Eric, um, Matt Booth, another name dropper, but Matt Booth pops his head into the booth. And we all look at him. He goes, "Power the P, baby!" And he just runs away. I was like, "Oh, I guess it's taking you know, people liking it." <laughs> So it's cool. Cow, cow, you got something? I'm, I'm been throwing it in, man. You're just okay. You got anything else? Uh, Mo, got I, a, I got a question for Mo. Mo, so you uh, we used to work at retail, right? Yes, sir. All right. So my question, uh, I've heard there's been a lot of discussion lately about this particular topic, and people are get upset, like. If you go into a humidor or a shop mm-hmm. and you go in and you bring your own cigar and you light up your own cigar, uh, mm-hmm. I get that doing that is wrong. But if you go in and you buy five cigars, but you're a person who's particular about your cigars, you want to take them home, put them in your humidor for a week or two mm-hmm. and smoke them later. If you walked in and just let's say you go into the shop, I bought five of your cigars. I sit down, I put the bag mm-hmm. down, I open up a cigar, one of mine. Yeah. If you have a drink, I buy a drink or whatever. Do you think that's that's uh, appropriate? Let me hear your thoughts on that. You know, man, it's funny you ask that because that's something that <laughs> people do. At you know, I still see it when I go into shops, mm-hmm. and uh, I get where the retailer is coming from. That okay, you're going to come sit down, you know, get a, you know, you should buy a cigar if you're going to sit down in the lounge. But look, if the guy is smoking cigars that he bought in your establishment. It's not like he's going out and buying cigars from other places. He bought them there. Right. And um, I don't think it's any different. I, I think where the issue comes in is it, you don't have your locker there. Right. So, like, you're, it's like you're bringing them from outside. It's almost like a mental thing. Um, but I, I see no issue with it, man, um, especially if they're – I think where you see the most troubles with guys that aren't necessarily, like, uh, your regular customers, if you're right. – um, in most places, even with their, let's say, their regulars, they'll even let them bring in stuff from outside that they don't necessarily carry. Right. Um, as long as but, they're constantly buying and they're... Yeah, man. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I never got that, dude. I, I uh, my thing, my, Again, my thing is if you go in there, and I, I'm like that too, like I want to put them in, you know, you, you don't know if that thing is got off the truck or whatever. Right. And I'm a little nerdy like that. I want to put in my human door for a week or so. So I'll, sure. I'll, I'm sitting down somewhere, I'll buy five, six, you know, whatever the number is. Yeah. But I'll take something out of my human door that I know, you know, my little travel human door. Um, I've never had any issues, but I've heard that's like a big topic now, you know, you know, and some, some shops are like absolutely no cigars from the outside. But my thing is if I just bought five cigars of yours, they're here. You see the receipt. I just bought it. Why can right. I open up and smoke one of mine? I'm going to smoke, you know, so, especially if that one, foolish, you may have, man. you may have bought that one there earlier. Right? Exactly. Right. How you well, that, that's what we're saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but then also yeah. it's like, that kind of goes back to the, re- it being a good retailer, right? Like, do you know your sure. guys? Right. Like, and you know, the value of that customer, like every customer has a dollar amount when you get like real business, like with every customer has a dollar amount value to them. Right. And Mm -hmm. like, Hey, this guy spends a thousand dollars a month. What the fuck do I care that he's spending, (laughs) you know, smoking (laughs) at $10. Right. So, or even, or even like, Hey, this is a new guy. 
that, you know, came in and he bought three Padrones, uh, an Opus and, you know, whatever. He just spent, you know, $200. I've never seen him before. What the fuck do I care that he's going to smoke something? I, you know, maybe I can gain this new customer. Right. right? right. But then also as, as a good retailer, if you know, I've never seen this guy before and he just walked in and started smoking, then, you know, that kind of yeah, goes that, back. Then that's on. no good. If you just come in and you're, and you're yeah. occupying space, but you're not giving anything to the business, yeah, it's all about you know you know the the real estate. You're, you're occupying space. Sure. If you're not doing something like the guy sells cigars, buy a cigar. He's got a bar, buy buy drinks. You know, as long yeah. as you're spending money there, it shouldn't mm-hmm. be an issue. But I was just curious what your thought was working working on the retail side a bit more. So thank you for your input. <laughs> no, nah, man. No, nah, of course, bro. I pre- appreciate the question. No, nah, but I, I, yeah, I just never understood that, man. I never did. But I have seen it myself where retailers get bent out of shape about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, so Juan, as we're winding this thing down, yes. what, what's something else that you want people to know about, right? That we haven't asked about or that you don't get the chance to talk about much. What, what would you want people to know about you or your cigars? So, uh, let me see. That's a great question. Somebody actually, uh, I'm going to refer to a question that um, I got via Facebook. A guy sends me a a PM, personal message, and he says, uh, I usually smoke Opus X. I smoke this. Why should I smoke your cigars, he said. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, let me start the preface of saying that Opus X is a great cigar and it's it's a beautiful cigar. You're going to enjoy it. But I, I could have been like, oh, you know, my cigars are superior because, you know, we roll them on the thighs of virgins. I could have, you know, I was born in Nicaragua and Cuba. My mother gave birth to me in a, uh, in a tobacco field and she wrapped me in, in, a, in a tobacco leaf. I could have, you know, but I was like, no, the truth is... I told the guy right now, more than ever, there are extraordinary cigars in this market, and they're all delicious. They're great cigars. What makes us different than everybody else is us, our story, our personality, uh, what we're about. Our, our products are good. You know, I'm not going to lie. They're, they're good. So I love them. Um, you know, Eric makes a great cigar. Um, so... They're just as good as anybody else, but what makes us special is is us. So the story, once you get to know us and hang out with us, you know, I I, I go to events, I buy people drinks all the time. I don't even care if they're buying my say we're we're having a good time, we're laughing, we're talking about life, we're having jokes, we're laughing and just enjoying each other's company and being human, and that's 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 what makes us different. So what makes us different is us. So that when you get to know us, you're gonna love us, hopefully. And, you know, you, you try our cigars, and our cigars are great cigars, just like everybody else is out there. But, you know, I, 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 love, I love who we are, and I think we just keep going that way. It's all about the people and the good times we have with them. So I hope that answered your question, kind of. Yeah, man, I got to imagine that anybody that just listened to this whole thing is going to want to smoke a protocol cigar. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope so. We'll see. Try it. Yeah. And it's also, how could you call yourself like a cigar nerd or whatever if you're not willing to try just because you don't know, you know, it's not a super expensive cigar, right? Like, right. you know, you listen to this story and like what these guys are have gone, you know, have done for the last four years and what they're planning on doing. It's just like, you know, they're not coming with like a bullshit, you know, cigar or story. I mean, it's, it's you know, try it, right? I mean, that, that that's bottom line it's like what's the i don't know like i've never been that snobby of just like nah i don't want to try that because the guy's not cool you know just like fucking (laughs) you know you're if you're a cigar nerd or whatever like man i see a lot of traction on this i gotta know what people are talking about right you know and then Mm -hmm. and then you know taste is subjective right so it's like or it's no it's objective so it's just like it's like whatever (laughs) (laughs) it's one it's one of the two I'm, i'm tired but it's just like, uh, you know, whether, you know, whether you like it or not, that doesn't make it a good or bad cigar, right? Yeah. Now, if it burns like shit or whatever, that makes it a good, construction makes it a good or bad cigar. But t- mm-hmm. taste is, you know, up to the person, right? So it's like, I don't know. But uh, Juan, man, I appreciate you coming on, Kevin. Uh, I appreciate you guys yeah, for yeah, having me on. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Super cool. 
It was, um, it was, it was nice. Uh, I, mean, I enjoyed um, being on it, and I just want to say thank you for having us. You got it. Appreciate it, man. Oh, man. Anytime, and, and you know, good luck to you guys. Uh, you know, uh, especially you know Jesse and I, we love you guys like family, and uh, you know, we we always want to see good things coming from you guys, and it looks like you guys are on the right path. So, um, you know, uh, keep going, man. Yep. All right, so hopefully if I get out to Texas this year, we could have a little barbecue at your house. I'm dying to meet Matthew. Oh, yeah, he's a beast, man. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. All right, guys. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Take care, man. All right, guys. Have, have a good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Salt and Smoke Cigar Cast. Be sure to check us out on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, email us either about the podcast or about our cigar line at the salt and smoke at gmail.com. Also, uh, if you want any salt and smoke gear, please get onto our website and to our online store. We have shirts and hats. If you're looking for anything else, please let us know and we'll get it up there for you. Thanks, guys. We'll uh, talk to you again next week. <laughs>